This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies. Making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Yeah. Quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast for this Sunday night. I am Gav and with me I have Paul, I have Keith and I have Grizz. Fulham won, Liverpool won from Craven Cottage earlier on today. Um, we're going to talk about obviously the initial reactions to the game. We're going to have a chat around the lineup, uh, performances first and second half, salvaging a point um, and everything else that comes in between. Look forward a little bit to uh, Spores on Wednesday and probably look back a little bit at the team selection last um week in the Champions League in preparation for this one as well. I know Grizz wants to talk about that at some stage. Before we do that, um we done a watch along earlier on today. Uh Keith and Jamie were the men to put themselves forward for that. I watched a lot of it, um really enjoyed it. Keith, how did you find it? Yeah, a bit weird. Um you know, Watching a game and doing a pod, and look, it's, it's probably something that comes the more you do them, but you know, it, it's just different. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're trying to talk about um, the game as it's going on, and then you're looking at the chat as well, and try not to put too much on the chat because people are watching on streams and all, and they're a few minutes behind, and they're asking, Oh, what's happening? What's happening? You know, so it was a bit. Bit of getting used to, I think, needed with it. It was interesting, put it that way. Okay, I don't know I what thought... people thought of it now. That's the thing. Like, I was um, obviously biased. I'm, I'm doing the thing. I don't know, you know, if if people thought it was worth doing again or what. I don't know. 
how the feeling is on that. I have to say, I watched most of it and I enjoyed it. Um, you, you spoke very well. You described how, what was going on very well. You broke it, the game down very well. It is probably be a bit weird. It is something that we've done as a one-off and we'll have mm-hmm. a look in the future, maybe doing again. But if people watched, um, let, let us know. Kevin Sullivan said the, the watch-along was good. He enjoyed it. Somebody else said as well. Uh, ben Ebbett said it was a great watch-along. So there you go. So maybe it is something that um, we, we will look at in the future. Oh, I will tell you, though, what we done today was quite basic with the setup of it. Um, we are looking into something a bit more extravagant. Um, now they're not going to be in that nipper at them, but you know, <laughs> th- th- it's a bit more extravagant with regards to what will come on screen. Yeah. You know, clocks on screen, updates on subs. All, we're looking at something a bit more extravagant for that. If we do, go and do it again. Um, but as at the moment, that was just a one-off sort of test. But the feedback seems to be good. Um, Manscaped, of course, is the sponsor of this show tonight as well. Um, myself, Grizz, Keith and Shawnee have all got the Manscaped gear. We've all used it. We're all raving about it. So if you go to manscaped.com and... Uh, look it up tw- LFCDT and you will get 20% off on all their products okay if, if you're even thinking about doing it please go and do it because supporting Manscaped um, actually supports us um, Grizz I'm gonna um, Jono says you need some clocks scoreboards and you'll be sound that's what we're working on Jono that's exactly what we're working on and um, better lighting for the lads to make them look more attractive to both sexes that are out there um, Grizz I'm gonna come to you first um just your initial thoughts on that result before we get into lineups and and the whole nitty gritty of it. What was your initial thoughts when the, when the final whistle went? Uh, I, I suppose, I suppose, if if you're asking me my initial thought, thoughts on the final whistle, it's kind of a relief, Gav. Kind of a relief that we we put in a, a performance uh, like that and then still get a point out of it. We don't lose. I think. That was very vital on a weekend of of results that took place elsewhere. So, but yeah, um, a lot of frustration. You can't be angry with this Liverpool team. It's impossible. These these are the best set of lads ever in my in my lifetime. Do you know what I mean? And the best manager ever in my lifetime. So to be angry at them is slightly, uh, you know, slightly a case of self entitlement. I think, but. Plenty of frustration, uh, I'd say. And that's where I'll leave it for now. Okay, plenty of frustration. Okay, you have more to say, clearly, Chris. No, <laughs> um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Paul, final whistle goes, it's a one-all draw. Did you feel a little bit of relief, a little bit angry, a little bit upset? Or were you just like, these things happen? Yeah, I was in the these things happen camp. And if you cast your mind back to the prediction show on Friday, I did say that this was going to be a far tougher game. I think most people were building themselves up for. I got a bit of a sense during the week that there was a, a perception of, oh, we'll just roll into town and just roll these over. They're only Fulham. And well, if certainly. you watch them over the last month or so, it was clear that they were starting to make adjustments to the Premier League and they've just dug themselves out of the bottom four, uh, or the bottom three, I should say. And, you know, judging by the way that they started the game, I wasn't entirely surprised. You know, I was just saying to the boys before we came live on air that these types of games are great for promoted teams or for teams that are going to be in the relegation battle because they're essentially free hits. And when the champions come to town, they feel like they need to make a point, very similar to what happened between Norwich and Man City last season. So you've got to sort of look at it in that 
perspective. But for me, I think it was a bit of both. I think we played incredibly poorly, and the reasons for that is something we'll get into in due course. But I also think Fulham really had the bit between the teeth. They'd clearly done their homework, especially tactically. I was really remarking to a lot of my friends about their starting positions. And actually, if you look, I'm not sure whether this backs up statistically, but I'm... I'm sure there's a pattern where Liverpool have actually struggled a lot with teams that play three at the back and five across midfield. And the the midfield was completely kind of cut off, but we'll get into all that in a bit. But final whistle goes, definitely felt like two points dropped. But in one sense, given the performance on both sides, it kind of felt like a point gained. And if you want to be positive about it, these points, you know, they can add up at the end of the season. You, know, you never know. This might be a vital point. Mm. Could be, Keith. You watched the game throughout. Obviously, you've done it live, as we said. <laughs> um, what were you, How did you and Jamie feel at the, at the final whistle? Look, I suppose it was... It, it wasn't a good performance, you know, wasn't it? A, a very good Liverpool performance. I thought we got better as it went on, but Fulham came out with the traps at us. Do you know what I mean? Fulham, the the crowd held them. It got them up. It got them in. They were on it from the very start. As Paul said, you know, a lot of fans, I predicted 3-0 at the start of the game, but a lot of people were uh, disrespecting Fulham maybe, but I felt it was more a case of it's a strong Liverpool team. We can get a good result here. Now, we just didn't perform at the start. We let Fulham bully us and dominate us early on. We got more into it as the game went on. But there was a lot of players that didn't perform. Paul makes an excellent point there about playing against teams with three at the back. I think we struggle against that as well. I think it absolutely nullifies any threat that we have. And I don't think we have a threat from our forwards at the moment, to be honest. But what little threat we might have, I think, gets absolutely snuffed out by three centre-backs and wing-backs I just I don't know. I think like a lot of people I was probably hoping for Tiago would be the one to unlock that sort of tactic, but unfortunately we're not going to see him until next year. But the game itself, I thought Liverpool grew into it, got better and better, dominated it in the second half, but did we deserve to win it? No, I don't think so. I think a draw is probably a fair result. Some people saying Fulham deserved to win. Fulham didn't deserve to win. Fulham started off well, had a good game plan. Draw was probably the right result in my opinion. But we certainly didn't deserve to win. No, I don't think. Um, my initial my initial feelings at the final whistle was one of a little bit of relief. Um, I'm with Grizz a little bit. You know, when I look at the game, like Shawnee was saying to us before this, lads, I've seen football of Fulham this season. And I was trying to explain to him that they're lively enough up front with Luckman and, and a couple of, couple of others. Yeah. They're, they're solid. They're hard working in midfield. They're neat and tidy at times. But I said they're so naive at the back. Because the way they try play at the back, they try play across the back, they try to be neat and tidy at the back when they shouldn't really um be. But they 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 took that out of the game completely for the first half anyway today. They were just literally going centre half, you know, wide full back or wide wing back and then trying to put it in behind us. And that's all it was. And looking at the game overall, I just felt that I always go on about Liverpool's walk rate and Liverpool walk as hard as anyone in this league. And when they do walk as hard as anyone, then they earn the right to play and that's when the quality shines through. I don't, I don't think the walk rate was there today. On top of that, I don't think the, the quality was there today. You know, I, I, even if we'd have walked a lot, little bit harder and got a bit more of a stranglehold on the game earlier, I still don't know if we go on and win it because I think our, our quality just wasn't there for me. And I came away from the game going, yeah, a bit of a chance miss with Spurs, Chelsea, City, United, um, all kind of faltering. But, 
you know, it was a point where I go, look, you take it and run. That's the way, it, that was my kind of outlook. But Grizz, um, getting on to, sorry, Ramis Khalil has a super chat there. Thanks a million. Um, he says, tonight was a consequence of Klopp's bizarre decision-making versus Michelant. Our away form is a concern. 12 games, five draws, four defeats, three wins, all comps. Grizz, before I get into the team news, he's mentioned Michelant, right? So, uh, there's a lot going on on social media about the decision to play Fabinho Salah, Jota um, against Michelin um, during the week because it was a dead rubber and all that sort of thing. What's your feeling on it? My feelings uh, are enhanced uh, sort of the belief that I had uh, that they shouldn't have been playing on Wednesday. Um, Obviously, people sort of came back with the argument that it's not possible to sort of just play a team of reserves and I beg the question then, and I beg the question now, why isn't it? We, we went into that game. Sorry, let's, let's go back a week before that. And we all, to a man, um, wanted a win against Ajax. So the final game is a dead rubber. We all at the time were thinking Ginny has played way too many minutes. You know, our front line is not getting any rest. Our centre-backs are not getting any rest. Etc. Etc. Uh, Trent's only coming back to fitness and on and off. And even Robots picked Robertson picked up a knock as well. So he needs a rest. Um, I didn't have a. I, I couldn't understand, um, including us mates. We were talking about it and we had loads of discussion. I couldn't understand Gav the the notion that if the kids or whatever side we picked against Michelin, let's say in a worst case scenario, you know, hypothetically, if we had lost four five nil. What difference would that have made to our ambitions, our aspirations, our mindset going into the Fulham game and at a title campaign? To me personally, it would have made absolutely any difference. Um, I then was of the mindset that I didn't mind Jota starting or Salah starting, but the fact that they played near enough 90 or 95 minutes, I found that hard to take. Obviously, Jota gets injured. Obviously, Jota can get injured in training or in the following game. But you see where the frustration lies with a lot of fans in terms of if Jota got injured in today's game, then it's acceptable. It's far more acceptable. But it's not... I can't understand why he was on the pitch for that amount of time, including Salah as well. And look, if if the purpose was sort of to, to sort of get them in the rhythm for this game, well, apparently Trent was taken off at 65 minutes by the medical team and Salah was about to get taken off before the, the penalty. He scored the penalty. So I would have rather than been fresh for today than sort of confidence building for the youngsters or whatever the, the claim was on Wednesday. Yeah, but, but Chris, uh, you're saying like, oh, well, well, Trent gets taken off at 65. Like, you know, Trent's coming back from an injury. How many minutes does he play during the week? Um, I don't. Uh, how many did he play? He played full ninety, didn't he? Yeah. Did he play the whole lot against mm-hmm. Michelin? That's, that's my point. Okay, so he needs a game to get back into. You see, it all depends what what, what way you want to look at this, Chris. Like he could he could look at it and go, Trent 
might not be able to play a Premier League game if he doesn't get 90 minutes behind him or whatever it might be during the week because they're finally shooting the athletes. Like, and look, I understand people's frustration that, oh, Jota started and now he's done his knee and like, oh, if he didn't play and I'm kind of going, mm, yeah, okay, I, I get that. But the Salah one for me, I, I agree with you, 98 minutes is, is a bit mental. But Salah's coming back and... For me, I always look at, for me, I always feel with Salah, if he's coming back from any sort of niggle, he does need, he needs minutes in him. You know, how dropping him in for 30 here and 40 here doesn't seem to benefit him. Putting him in and letting him go at it for a full game seems to be a benefit. And all I can presume, and all, like, mo- a lot of people can presume, is that the dat- data analysts are looking at this, the medical t- side of it, looking at whatever it might be, and they're saying, listen, this is how Salah works. This is how his body works. With, with regards to Jota, he doesn't play a hell of a lot against Wolves at the weekend. He only comes he does, on for 15 or something. Yeah, 15. Again, Minutes in the legs. It's now people will say minutes in the legs. Running out of fucking players, but it it they're so finely tuned, Grizz, that you know he probably needs that full game, or he probably needs seventy, or whatever it might be. Every player is different. Now, don't get me wrong. There is players out there, and you go, listen, he's just not fucking playing because we know he can't. Like Milner, you couldn't play him now, now and th- today during the weekend, next weekend, you won't get everything out of him because of the, the age of James Miller, the, the, the miles in the legs. I get people's frustration, but you also have to take into consideration that Liverpool Football Club, as a management team, a medical team, a data team, whatever it might be, are not going to put Jota, Fabinho and Salah on the pitch in any as yeah. a, a sort of risk in any way, you know, unless they see benefits. You know what I mean? It's just... I get the argument from both sides, but I kind of look at it and I say to myself, they're not going out of the way to hurt these players. They're not going out of the way to risk these players. The benefits and the the trajectory of their fitness and their sharpness, obviously, in, in different situations with different players, needs to be a different way of going about things. Henderson is slightly different. Henderson comes back and you usually see him for 30, 45. Then you go in and you play a game. Then you might see him for another 45. They, they, they have different systems for different players, Chris. Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top rated brands like the Temper Breeze Collection. And save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift with your purchase good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details. Mm. No, I get, I get your points. As just like you got my points, uh, there's frustration on both sides. I still have not convinced, and I won't be uh, convinced that there was any benefit um, for our title challenge uh, uh, to, to select those players. That's my main point. Is we, had to play, we had to play. <coughs> senior we had to play a senior centre for didn't, half we, of that game. We, we saw the second half. We like, did not. Those so two lads got absolutely ramraded that matter. second half, and they would have they would have got slaughtered if they'd have had them. And what Gibson happens then if Liverpool go and get beaten six, seven nil over there? Nothing happens. Let's make it. Mitchell and not a bad team. Nothing happens. But Reese Williams is then a shell when you have to call on him into the fourth mm. team. Cleveland Kelleher is on the back of two excellent performances and then signs off for a blatant stinker. Whereas we have to think of the mentality of these players. Klopp was never going to send out. We've seen Klopp over the years, right? There's been times when he should have rested players and he plays them. There's been games when you think, ah, oh, this is a bit of a nothing game. Rest the boys up. We have a big game coming and he plays as main men. He, he always does it. Do you know what I mean? And the Champions League... 
it's not the League Cup or the FA Cup that he doesn't give a shit about. It's the Champions League. I don't think there was ever a chance of him playing that. Now, right, Fabinho, I think it had to be Fabinho because Matip is more of an injury concern and to play 45 out Fabinho was the right thing to do. I think Trent needed minutes in his legs. That's the right thing to do. I think... Um, Jota was the right thing to do because Jota, whether people like to believe this or not, Jota is the fourth in line in the strikers, right? He'll come in for Bobby, but when it comes down to it, Klopp has his front three and then Jota will come in to alleviate the pressure on them. At the moment, he's our on-form forward. That's another question, but he was always going to start that game. Salah played 98 minutes. Right, it's a madness that Salah played 98 minutes, but we don't have many more options to do in the forward line. Like, we could have played Minamino, let's say, up in the forward and gone Origi, um, Minamino, and who else was it? Jota, right? And left Salah out. But we didn't have many in midfield. And you're talking about probably starting Kane and Clarkson along with Naby. You know, like those, those, to me, and I'm not saying I'm an, <laughs> I, I know be a, a, everything about this, but it looked like he was trying to put players in just to get a strong team as possible all over. And he, as Gav I don't, said, I don't, I don't think it was down to that. that. Can get you take a risk on players you think can get through it like Salah. That's my take on it. But I don't think it was like that. I think it was. I think it was. They looked and went. Listen, Fabinho one is a bit strange, but not like someone says there. Why are we talking about Fabinho? He's not even injured. He just played the game. No yeah. problem. But I, th- I think he looked at and the the, the players like Naby Keita is nowhere to be seen today. Did he get an injury yeah. on Wednesday? You know, are we blaming mm-hmm. Klopp for that because he played Naby Keita in in a, in a Champions League game? You know, I get, I do get where Grizz is coming from, where yeah. you just go, listen, throw all the kids in there. But I, I, I get the, I get the argument that, like, players go out and get seven nil bashed or five nil bashed off Michelland. I don't care if they're on, if they're Michelin. Like, it, 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 it's not good for them. And I, I just firmly believe that the team he picked was to kind of look at the way he wants to shape players in the next couple of weeks. And the Jota thing's just unfortunate. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could do that any day of the week. He happens to do it in that game and people are bashing for him. Paul, what do you make of that? Uh, I, I've got a few things to say about it and I can understand both sides of the arguments, absolutely. Uh, firstly, I'd say, obviously the medical department do know a lot more than we do in terms of where players are in relation to their red zones, how they're recovering from injuries, how they're playing their way back in. In Salah's case, I do believe I heard a rumour knocking around that Salah requested that he wanted to play the full 90 because he felt like he needed it. So that's another little wrinkle in that. The Jota thing, look, all football is is not without risk and nobody would be saying anything say for example if Jota broke down in training and then he'd be out for two months which mm-hmm. is actually just as likely a situation it is just a, a kind of a random chance thing that he has picked up this injury and now obviously he's going to be out for a while and with all the other injuries I can understand people's frustrations but the thing is, is that what are we supposed to do then are we supposed to just stop plays from even training until games just to make sure that they're fit for games it doesn't work that way and football hasn't worked that way. Another thing to bear in mind as well, I believe that there are certain contractual obligations to UEFA involved in the Champions League where if you do field an intentionally weakened team in any group stage fixture, I do believe the club can be fined for that. Do correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know the exact rules, but there is something in my head about that as well. And I totally take, as I say, all sides of the argument and I understand the frustration, especially in the light of today's performance. But for me, you know, as as the boys quite rightly say, you know, you, you're not you're never going to see Klopp play a complete team of kids. He's never going to just throw them to the wolves. The only time he's ever done that is when it was absolutely necessary, when we were being asked to play two games in one day because we were in Japan 
or Qatar playing the World Club Championship and we had the League Cup game at the exact same time. The only problem with that, if you look at it, that kids team got absolutely shellacked by Villa in that cup game and I can believe it may well have taken them a little bit of time to recover their confidence as well so I can see all sides of this argument and it is frustrating but this is football this is what happens players get injured in a myriad of different circumstances and there's definitely an argument to say that you know Klopp could have played this player or that player or you know just thrown the kids out or whatever and we are definitely paying for it now but that's the risk you take, and especially in the Jota situation, I think he is on such a roll, or he was on such a roll until he got injured, mm-hmm. that I think primarily in Klopp's mind, the reason why he plays him is momentum. Scored a hat-trick against Atalanta, he's banging him in for fun. Klopp's probably thinking, I want to keep him on that. Even though he's had that rest against Wolves, he can maybe knock a couple in. Again, I believe Salah had the exact same sort of thought process of, I fancy myself to get a few here, because obviously it's Mitchell under the whip and boys of the group at the end of the day. That didn't happen. But these things tend to happen in football. And, you know, in this situation as well, in this season that we find ourselves in with the games coming thick and fast and the injuries stacking up, there's risk no matter where you look and there's hard choices no matter which way you want to try and you know navigate it mm. uh, Mr Slackerlass says oh man I love the day trippers chats at the chat and the guests always level headed opinions and not reactionary ones hold that talk because by the time the end comes me and Grizzle <laughs> me and Grizzle oh, have each other in me and Grizzle have each other in a virtual headlock and um, it'll all go, it'll all go P-tong. Uh, Mega McCallion says something here and we promise we will get into the full game but this chat is um, enjoyable. And Grizz, I put this up on the screen because this is your probably your main frustration. Um, the problem is our backups and curr- are currently injured. Who else is there to play? This is a major frustration to you, Grizz. It is, Gav. And we did speak about it sort of when the season started. We'd done a, quite a few shows and we said there's certain players. Do you remember we, we spoke about sort of players that possibly are for sale or could be up, put up for sale and how would we approach and look at it? And we and I think we all agreed why well, certainly said that this is a make or break season for a few of them. And what I meant was not in terms of perform, like sort of proving their talents because they're at Liverpool for a reason and they're talented footballers. But in terms of being available, in terms of being durable, in terms of being there for, for the likes of Ginny or a Bobby or, a, or one of the f- front lads to be able to be rotated, rested in such a compressed season, the frustration lies with the likes of Naby, Shaq, Ox, Gav. Um, I'm done with them. I'm absolutely, no, honestly, Keith. Yeah, really great. Yes. I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely done with them. Now, of course, they don't mean to be injured. Of yeah. course, they don't want to be injured. I get all that emotional side of things when people start saying, oh, they don't mean to be injured. Mate, get off their back. I'm not on their back. I just think I just think availability is huge. And a certain Gini Wijnaldum has proved that, you know, being available is one of the key components in being an LFC player, especially in a gruesome, tiresome, compressed season like this. They just, you know, they need to be moved on, Gav, for the sake of uh, the strength of this squad, because on paper, our squad looks fantastically strong and loads of depth everywhere. But how many times are these guys actually available? Genie, we talked we talked about sort of slightly about sort of... Um, um, the start of the game. I know we haven't even come to the start of the game, but 
Genie, poor Genie has played so many minutes. He didn't know what hit him in that first 30 minutes because he's played so, so much. That was an ideal game where possibly Naby or Ox would have started and been rotated with him. But it's it's killing me. It's killing my head. The lack of availability from our so-called great squad players. And, and you know, let's not beat around the bush. They were bought for a lot of money. Um, barring Shaq. Um, Ox was about 30 million. Naby, 50 million. You know, these guys... You know, I, I'm, I'm done with them, Gav. As, as good as they are, as talented as they are, whenever they come on the pitch, they shine, no problem. But it's not enough for me. Okay. Um, we'll probably touch on that a little bit later on when we when we finish off things and stuff. Uh, Ramos Khalil, thanks for the super chat. He says, you think our away forms are concerned, quality content. Um, Ramos, I've written that down, okay, because I want to discuss that when we finish looking at the actual game, if that's okay. But I promise to come back to it. It's, I have it written down in front of me, and I promise I will get back to that with regards to uh, away form. But lads, the lineup, um, as much as people were giving out about Jota and whoever else, the lineup for me is just it's it's very strong. It's 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 Allison, Trent, Matip, Fabinho, Robertson, um, Wijnaldum, Henderson, Jones, Mane, Salah, Firmino, and Keith, I come to you first. Like you're predicting Trina before this game. I thought Liverpool would bash this. Um yeah. if they were that if especially if they were that naive at the back as as I've seen from them a couple of times this season. But when we're going into that, we're thinking that's a that's a absolutely fine eleven to go and win ninety ninety five percent of games in the Premier League for me. Yeah, and that was the reason why I was quite bullish that we'd won three 0 When I seen that lineup, I thought, right, who who are we looking at as the weakest link in that? It's Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones is not a weak link. Do you know what I mean? And that's as strong a team as we could have had. Now, you're looking at the, the line up there. You've got Allison back. Once Allison's there, we're happy as Larry. We've had two centre-backs, the only two centre-backs, really, senior centre-backs that we have there in their happy days. The two full-backs we want, lovely jubbly. You've got Hendo and Genie in midfield. Great. And you've Jones in there as well, who's... You know, he's been the breakthrough player of the season so far for us. And then we've got the front three. You know, it's it's an ideal lineup, But the game just didn't pan out like that. Now, I, obviously, I've done the watch-along today. Me and Jamie were talking about it as the game went on. Nothing would stick. Our biggest issue is, in my opinion at the moment, is the front three. Now, Jota is obviously the man that's been informed there. But there's enough quality in that front three that we used to have a case where, you know, if one of them was off it, the other two would be doing well. Two of them are off it. You might get Salah, I'll have a wall, your money. We have an issue now that I don't think any of them are in form. And no matter what we do, we were getting the ball, we're trying to play the ball up, there's nothing sticking, everything's just coming back down on our throat. And it just put us under unnecessary pressure. So even though we had a strong lineup. On paper, as Grace said, if you look at things on paper, look at our squad on paper, fantastic squad. Look at the starting lineup today, fantastic. Look at the bench today, and you're like, Jesus Christ, what happens here if it's not working out? And that turned out to be the case. Like those two, it looked like a good team, but the performance didn't reflect it. Whereas, you know, I don't think anyone on on this show now tonight, or most people in the chat, would argue that that's that's a really strong eleven for most. Even even if you take into consideration that Trent is coming back from an injury, but he's he gets sixty five, I think today, um, but he's coming back. But if you look along that team, there you're going, yeah, they're absolutely fine, they're absolutely fine. Um, 
what did you think it was, Grizz? Because look, it's it's a trend throughout the game. You know, we usually go through this game. A lot of times we go through the games in chronological order, and this happened and that happened. But I think basically you can look at this game as how did Fulham play? How did Liverpool play? Their goal, air goal. What could have been done better? I think that's basically how you can do it. But what do you think it was, Grizz? Because from I'm going to say it up straight. I, I've said it already. I just don't think we worked hard enough, Chris. It's difficult to sort of blame. Uh, or criticize uh, this team's work rate. Sometimes, Gav, uh, you gotta you gotta give credit to the opposition. And Fulham were talked down by every single Liverpool fan this week, barring me and Paul. I think on the preview show, I think me and Paul are the only ones that said this is going to be bloody hard. Um, you and, and a lot of people talked down uh, Scott Parker as well. I agree with Paul. The way he's changed their performances, I said, and I said to you as well. I said, uh, if you ask me in the first five six games of the season, I think we smashed them, five six, no easy, and we would have. But I said I'll be very happy to get a scrappy win, and I said this in the WhatsApp. Gav, I thought their midfielders were superb. Um, I thought Lamina and Anguissa in midfield yeah. absolutely bullied our three midfielders, uh, along with. Uh, Loftus Cheek as well. I thought their three midfielders absolutely, and they showed it, Keith. They ran out of puff after about thirty-five minutes, but that thirty-five minutes was probably one of the best performance performances of a set of midfielders up against ours. They absolutely outran them, outfought them, outthought them. Um, I think the idea of their fullbacks nullifying our fullbacks worked a treat. We hardly saw Trent and Robertson in that first 30 minutes. And their three centre-backs were very physical up against our three. They won their battles. They won the second balls. Um, and as we highlighted, or I highlighted, I thought Lookman was probably the best player on that pitch in that first half. I thought he gave our defenders a torrid time. And sometimes you've got to weather that storm. You've got to stay in the game. And you know that most of these teams are unable to carry it on this level of intensity for 90 minutes. And then that's where you take over to a degree that happened, but not enough to win the game. I think he said, I don't think we deserve to win that game. I know a lot of you guys think we deserved a point. I think it was lucky because barring that ridiculous handball, I know it's a handball in this day and age, we wouldn't even scored. And I don't think we created many, we created a couple of chances Two, three chances, but not enough Not enough against the Fulham team that, as you said, on paper, we were far superior. We picked our strongest team. We picked a, um, a fresh midfield from from Mitchelland, but yet we were still outworked, out, out full in that first 35 minutes. If it wasn't for Alisson, if that was your man, Adrian, that was another Aston Villa for me. That really was. And the game would have been gone. But, yeah. but... But but we stayed in the game and 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 we 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 salvaged some pride. Let's say it's a weird thing to say, salvaged some pride in that second half against Fulham. Okay, um, I, I want to just we will talk about a couple of players and stuff. But Imran Umarji, uh, thanks for the super chat. He says, and I put this to you, Paul. He felt that Captain Henderson was a bit negative today, side to side, and missed a sitter. What did you feel on Henderson today? He did miss I a mean, good chance. He missed a good chance, but anyone can do that. You know, and I didn't necessarily think he was negative. I think he was a subject to what I mentioned at the beginning about 
Liverpool struggling tactically against teams that play three at the back and five across midfield because what can happen in those situations is that the five can basically become you know, from the five at the back and become a five in midfield and then you can tuck in, get really compact and then it's five against three in midfield and I don't care who you are, I don't care whether you're Thiago or anyone else, you're not beating those kinds of numbers and as I mentioned before, you could see very clearly Scott Parker's tactical plan in this game. They'd really done their homework on starting positions and pressing triggers and it gave us a lot of problems. So our midfield was essentially completely taken out the game. I can understand why we put Origi on a bit later on because we needed someone and let's face it, you know, the ball hits him and bounces off half the time without getting too much into him. But we, the, the reason, I think the only reason why he's still at the club is because he holds the ball up and he's a guy you can throw it over the top to and it'll, it'll stick more times than not. But for me, I think Henderson was forced into being a bit side to side and perceptually a bit negative because there was nowhere else to go because Fulham's pressing was on point. They put a hell of a shift in. You could say, you could see they were playing with a point to prove and they had the fans behind them. And I think that in combination with us just being really off the ball today has maybe produced not an optimal Jordan Henderson performance. Mm. James Smith says the silver lining about today's result was all the other teams around us had poor results. The players are human and had an off day and Fulham are 100% mm. on it. I think that's a fantastic yeah. point. Uh, Darius Hoyt uh, with a super chat. Thanks a million. He says podcast is always refreshing, whether it's a win, lose or draw. Thank you all. Thank you. And mm. it's good to see that uh, you find it refreshing, even if we do win, lose or draw. Um, thanks a million. For me, you know, there was one... You talk about triggers there. Something that triggered me when I was watching it. And I was looking going, this doesn't look right. I know, I get where you're coming from, Paul, with starting positions from Fulham and, and their press and stuff like that. But we could have counteracted that if we, for me, if we had had air triggers right and air positioning right, we could have counteracted that. And if you wanted to play a little bit of a game of bingo really with them and see see who see who comes out on top. I think we could have t- taken that risk and come out on top if we'd have pushed them a little bit harder. But there was one in the first half where their centre half has it. He turns, no one goes near him. He plays it to the wing back, no one goes near him. He puts it in behind. The guy gets through, hits a good shot. Allison stays up um very well and palms it out for a corner. But I was kind of going, oh, that's too easy. And what it reminded me of was in the charity shield against Arsenal, people lauded Arsenal for this and you know beating Liverpool's press but it wasn't really it was just a pass a pass and in behind Robertson and you were away and that's the thing when I looked and went oh hold on this isn't right that's that's the one thing that where I really looked at and thought something is not right here and it, 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 Liverpool need to be so on it I'm not saying that they don't have the quality when they're not on it to, to win games but I find that they lose their way a bit when, when they're not absolutely intensely on it and Fulham did throw them a bit because I've I've seen Fulham so much um, this season in highlights packages and games and tell you I've seen them at Everton uh, at home to Everton recently and they were passing along the back they were dodgy passes into midfield they were getting picked off and I thought if they do that today you know um, they'd get absolutely murdered and, and, and in fairness to Scott Parker he, he seems to have copped that and said, no, we have to go a little bit more direct or our balls need to be, rather than being into the midfield, we just get them wide to wing backs and they're less, less of an issue for us there, you know that way. Um, but Grizz, Alison Becker returns today. <coughs> he was, he was brilliant, wasn't he? 
Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Yeah, um, you know, Keller has uh, been uh, amazing for us, but when you see this guy between the sticks, you feel so much calmer. And, you know, as I said, his reading of the game as well uh, in that first half, you know, we were we continued to play this high line, even though they were getting through with very basic balls a la, a la, against Brighton. Um, as you said, they changed their style of play. And we needed a keeper to be alert and off the line and, and uh, who could read the game really well. And there's no better man for that than Alisson. Um, I thought he was superb. I thought, you know, he makes every save look so easy. But there were some good saves in there, you know. He, um, and I genuinely believe if it wasn't for Alisson, this, this could have been an embarrassing result as opposed to a frustrating result. Mm. Mr. Slackerloss says Garvitz are away from six games, seven points. Um, we're forced in results at home and we are 16th away. Uh, that's just below Arsenal and that was before crowds, so potentially we could do worse. Um, at the away form, yeah, we look at it and um, we are going to look at it and, and see, um, do we find it a big concern? It was a super chat earlier on and we are going to go back to that before we finish out. Chris Brack says 379 in the chat, 79 likes. Come on. Smash the likes and Grizz will get his heels out. Oh, yeah. That infamously, um, Grizz showed us his favorite set of heels a couple of weeks ago when he got all confused about everything that was going on. And it was, it was one of the moments of the season. Do you know something? Um, I was talking, uh, to, to Grizz's better half today and she reminded me that do you, does anybody remember a year ago when we were doing a podcast and the Christmas train went past Grizz's house? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that, Grizz? Oh, yeah. And I'm expecting it to come past in the next week or so as well. I mean, you know, very, very popular uh, they are. But I won't be yeah. opening. The, I won't be opening the fucking door. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> and a Merry Christmas to you too, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the kids can chuck the tweets from out the window on top of me. What's your surname, Chris? Is it Scrooge or? <laughs> uh, it was so funny. We were doing this podcast and next of all, we just heard them. Um, it, was, it was like, I don't know driving home for Christmas or something start playing really loud and we're like Grizz what are you doing he's like it's not fucking me there's a train going past the house and then I think I think your wife said can you give me it's some money those, for them yeah it's one of those trailers not a train I don't know if you call it a train what do you call them you know it's one of those people that come round and sort of want to sing you songs and you've got carol, carol singers that's the ones yeah yeah but you were on I'm, some sort of vehicle weren't you oh, oh, Paul, see, I'm getting a lot of um, people calling me Grinch after Paul's outburst. There. But, Scrooge, Paul, Scrooge McGriz was my favourite one there. I've got I I to give you context. This was about the seventh or eighth of the day. So that's why I get frustrated. It was late at night. It was about, obviously, we were in a podcast. They got yeah. no rights to knock in on my door about 10.30 in the night. Christmas yeah, or no was... fucking Christmas. It was so, it was so good though because he was trying to do a podcast while shouting at his wife that he was in no, under no circumstances giving them fuckers money. It was brilliant, <laughs> but um, she reminded me of that today. Um, so uh, she just said how uh, she just sent me a message saying how um, 
how quick time goes because it was a year ago nearly to the day when it happened. But um, I, it was it was amazing. I, I, I could go back and find it somewhere, but yeah. it, it definitely happened and it was was very good. Grizz, um, yeah, we've spoken about we've spoken about bits and pieces there. Keith, um, Fulham eventually do go one 0 up and. It's a great finish because it's past Allison before he came. Right, it's a, yeah. such a pure finish. But there's a bit of there's a bit of stuff around the, the, the situation. I suppose the the thing on Salah was he pushed? Was it, it a was. free? Were, were you were you were you jumping up and down during the watch along because because that happened? I was shocked that it wasn't given. I think it's you know look VAR is VAR we all have our opinions on it um, my issue is not with VAR itself it's with the idiots that are looking at VAR and how that can't be given as a free when it's a two handed push now me and Jamie as we said done the watch along and Jamie's like oh he's made a bit much of that Salah but that shouldn't matter do you know what I mean now, the only thing we could think of was that he played an advantage because we got the ball and then Fulham get it back but that's mm. it's half a second. Do you know what I mean? It's not exactly an advantage. I cannot understand how that's not given as a foul. And if anyone can tell me, if anyone gives a good reason why it's not a foul, I'd love to hear it because I don't know what your opinion on that is. That to me is a foul all day long. And how that goal was allowed is just beyond me. Paul, foul. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? And I, and I agree that, you know, the VAR itself is not the problem. I actually thought, by and large, today, I actually commented in my WhatsApp groups, I actually thought they got a lot of the big decisions right with the VAR today, especially with, you know, the with the penalty that, for them, that, you know, was, was basically chalked off. But I'm still trying to figure out for the life of me why that wasn't reviewed. You know, the, the Salah push, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, why was it not, even looked at was it because the referee had already made the decision about it did he not decide it was clear and obvious i was very very confused really but um overall overall i'm not really sure whether it was a foul or not to be honest with you because i don't even know what constitutes a foul anymore i'm, I'm that i'm that confused with how they run with the var these days i'm not entirely sure to be honest well but, I'll, Paul, I'll, 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 I'll try you a Sorry. great one for confusion uh, later on for the crack in my in gav's var update Go on, Keith. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, um, Free World said, Keith, you would be livid if that went against us. I, I don't see, like, it's a two-handed push at the back. It's a foul. Mm. It's it's a fucking foul. Now, whether Salah mm. makes the most of that mm. or not, and if that goes against us, if one of our players pushes a blade forward in or a player in the back like that and we get called up on a free kick, you can't argue with it. It's fucking hell, like, and and this day and age where they're checking and slowing things down to the bleeding, you know, a goal goes frame, in and yeah. they're coming back to check off. So it's like coming back to check this. Why is that not checked? Because someone said there it was the natural in the natural context of the game. Like you're joking me here, or what? It's a push in the back. That's a foul yeah. all day long. But Ben, ben, ben Ebbett says the telecast I watch, they have an ex-ref that talks about the referee's decisions and he said the only reason nothing was done about it was Salah went overboard. That's not Alex. Grizz, Pardon me. Uh, should should the, the whole over going overboard stuff be looked at or should it just be looked in as black and white? He puts his hands on his back, he pushes him, he pushes him off balance while he's going for a header, it's a free. Yeah, there's there's a lot of subconscious prejudice when these kind of things happen. That's uh, as Keith says, whether the whether the person makes the most of it or exaggerates it, shouldn't detract from the point that it's an actual foul. Um, two hands in your back, 
I mean, that's a foul. You know, that's an automatic foul. I do think Salah's an awful diver. Now, what I mean before everyone jumps on my head, I think he's crap at it. Yeah. I think he's absolutely crap at it. I want him to be more subtle. I want him to dive. I want him to make the most of things. Allah, Kane, Sterling, Vardy, everyone else. But he's actually crap at it. He needs to sort of get the DVDs out of Harry Kane and Sterling and Cole and actually learn the subtle dark arts of diving. Because I, I totally agree. I think he wasn't given because of his awful attempt at a dive where he just puts out his hands, you know, and, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an awful attempt at a dive. And I think that's why it wasn't given incorrectly. Yeah, well, so that's if it wasn't fair enough. Given, yeah, go ahead, Paul. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say, so if, that, if I wasn't given, therefore, if Salah has made the most of it, is that not simulation and then Salah should be booked? No, you see that this is the this is the grey area that comes in where you go. Yeah, he has his hands a on his back, or it's not. Then is it? You know what I mean? At that race, you had yeah. a two-handed push a penalty, or you've dived. Therefore, you're trying to deceive the officials. Therefore, it's simulation. Therefore, you get a yellow card. That is not the so rule. Yeah, you see, you see the, the whole sort of got up, even, and he didn't. You know? Yeah, but the whole Sorry. the whole re, the whole reaction of Salah should never come into it. Like no. it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if Salah just stands. <laughs> you've seen loads yeah. of times. You know the way you see a player and he goes to run past the fella, and he he, he body checks him, and the fella. The, the, the guy just puts his hands up and stops and goes, like, what's going on? They give it free. If Salah's there yet, if Salah's there today and the hands go on his back and he turns to the ref and goes, he's on me back. He's on me back. Like, he gets the free. But the, the whole context of what's the way Salah reacts is actually being judged and it should never be really yeah. judged. It mm-hmm. should be just a case of the referee looking going, I don't give a fuck if Salah falls on the ground and rolls four times. You know, he puts his hands on his back. It's a free kick. I thought it was a free kick. But, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. You know, you win some, you lose some. Um, yeah. And I think they're, it's just one, I think it's a really good finish though. I think it's a decent ball. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's fantastic. And it's so fucking pure, you know, and, and, and they deserved it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It was coming. They deserved it. And, you know, as much as we like Liverpool, I love Liverpool and we love to see them doing well. And we like to, we can criticize and they can be, you know, be really, um, judgmental, I suppose, at times and, and complimentary. You have to hold your hands up at times and go, yeah, there's probably something there with Salah. But in fairness to that guy, he's hit that so fucking well. You know, yeah. um, and that's the way it is. We needed half time, Paul. In my opinion, we needed mm. it badly. But half time comes, and Joe Matip has a back spasm, and goes off. And uh, Taki Minamino has to come on a change in shape again for Liverpool. But I thought, in fairness, Liverpool, I thought took more or less control of the second half, and we're looking, just looking to get back in this game. I think Fulham, as people said in the first half, they run our legs with this because they were putting a hell of a shift in, but. Even though we lose Matip, it, I, I think we I think we do okay second half. Mm. On the face of it, it looks a very strange substitution <coughs> yeah. to take Matip off and then put Minamino on. But then you remember that Hendo has played centre-half before and has done very, very well. And if you're looking to take charge in the second half and look to try and play the game as far up the pitch as you possibly can and Fulham were retreating deeper and deeper, then you can probably get away with that and then hopefully have Minamino as that hopefully kind of you know defense unlocking kind of influence and he he is good at playing those balls those little short balls in and around the box where you can play the one twos around the corner that kind of thing uh but i definitely think you know as you say half time was absolutely crucial because i thought we were getting battered and you know to be honest i thought if cavalero could finish more than his dinner 
we would have been absolutely battered out of sight today. We were lucky that that guy cannot finish to save his life. And, you know, second half, we definitely capitalised on that and did what you would expect us to do. There was a reaction, both in terms tactically and also in terms of motivation and work rate second half. But I also think that having Hendo that far back and for him having to hold position at centre-half is also, it's very difficult for him to influence the game and be able to communicate because he's not in and about it box to box and really, you know, directing traffic the way he would do normally. So it, it was kind of a, you were kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit and it was kind of a tactical risk that we had to take. Uh, for me, I, I would have probably not went with Minamino or they went with Origi a lot earlier. And with them, pressing the way that I was talking about earlier, just fire balls over the top at Origi and see what sticks, and then maybe somebody could run onto a second ball and, you know, he can shave one off his head and then Mo gets in or, or you know, Mane can. Um, but, you know, again, you, you kind of, you, you you take your chances and, you know, you you, you make the decision that you think's best at the time. Yeah, Mr. Slackala says, 370 watching and only 100 and something likes. Hit this, hit the like button, everyone. Support the cause. We should be at 370 likes if you're here and watching. Yeah, listen, it takes a second. While you're watching, you can just hit that <laughs> like button underneath the, the, the four of us. Um, I want to clear something up because we've moved on to the second half, but the, the tackle by Fabinho in the first half against, um, oh, who was it? He tackled in the first half. The penalty show. Um, yeah. It's not a penalty. It's just simply not a penalty. You I just, thought it was. I no, it, haven't I, seen I, any I initially thought it was. No, he was look, watching it and talking that away. Um, he, he gets his foot to it. He knocks it out. I don't. I don't see the issue. I don't see it at all. We're getting back into the whole thing. Like, oh, in today's game, listen, he leans in and he gets the ball. And Dicko said, lads, did you hear what, um, did you hear what Hendo said? I haven't heard what Hendo said. If anyone knows what Hendo said, absolutely no. throw it in there. We keep going. But, um, Grizz, um, you know, we are pushing. We have to make that enforced change at half time. Henderson mm. has to drop back. Oh, I, I still think we look short of ideas, Grizz, but we get the goal. Um, and we get the goal through a penalty. And in fairness, is it a bit harsh on the Fulham player? Maybe not, because you can't have your hand up that high facing a, a free kick. I don't know what his hand's doing up there. Because if he just fucking stands there, it hits him in the head. You know what I mean? But a little bit of fortune for us, Grizz. And then Salah takes the penalty. And I'm like, holy fuck, we've really got away one here after that penalty. Because yeah. it was an awful penalty, wasn't it, Chris? Yeah, he's the worst. He's the worst, best penalty taker I've ever seen. Like his records absolutely second to none but he yeah it's shit it's, it's just a hit and hope I don't care what anyone says it's, yeah. it's proper just you know blast it and wherever it goes um, uh, in terms of our performance in the second half in terms of the changes we had to make obviously they were enforced I think it made sense with Hendo dropping it we knew we were going to have sort of 70-80% of the ball um, I thought Taki looked lively I thought Taki looked busy lively um, but the one kid that stood out for me in that second half, the one Liverpool player that stood out for me in that second half was Curtis Jones again, mm-hmm. above above anyone else. Um, I criticised him in the first half, and I criticised him pre-game. I was just joking with you guys when I said he's gonna. I think I just had this feeling he's gonna have a stink, and I don't ask me why. And that first half, you know, I was all giddy and full of myself, like, oh, I told you so. But I thought that in the second half, the guy, the kid. You know, you, we, we, we can't even call him the guy, and we still got to call him the kid. 
I thought he was fantastic. The way he literally took control of that midfield, you know, bless him. Genie was so ineffective in that first half, but you cannot criticise Genie because Genie's running on reserve of reserve. Oh, he's running reserve. on fumes now at this stage. Oh, it's just pure air. You know, <laughs> he's running on air if, you, if, that's, if that's possible. Um, but I thought Curtis Jones, the kid, just stepped up to the game, demanded the ball everywhere, tried to make things happen. There was a severe lack of creativity and I know someone in the chat said it happens, but it's happening a lot away from home, this lack of creativity. I don't quite know. I don't quite have the football knowledge to know why. Um, I haven't thought about it much yet, but I am going to sort of give it some thought over the over the next few days. But our waveform is worrying, in my opinion. I don't think it's one of those days, as some of you think or some of the most of the listeners think, whatever. I think there is a slight worry away from home. Maybe formation-wise, I don't know. Uh, Personnel-wise, I don't know. Maybe we need to change things up. Um, out of form, Mane continues. Um, bless him. He saved us on so many occasions in his career. But for him, it's one of those patches of form that he's not quite at it. Um, but yeah, Curtis John stood out like a beacon for me in that second half. Tried his level best. And most of the good chances or you know efforts or whatever came through his play. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. I have to disagree with something, Grizz. I thought he was the only good player in the first half as well. I thought Curtis Jones, like when we'd done the watch along, myself and Jane, we were watching and we thought he was the only one that was shown for the ball and demanding it. Um, Bobby was shown for the ball. He was dropping into the number six position to get the ball and doing fucking nothing with it. Yeah. Curtis Jones was trying in the first half. He was the only one that looked like he wanted to, to, to make things happen. Now, Nothing was really coming off. And I also disagree that we needed half time. We thought we were getting on top in the first half. And if we could have got another five minutes, we might we were starting to get starting to turn the screw a little bit. But it, the bar was a bit low. We said, you know, we were that poor that that was a low set bar. But I think Jones was the only one that was trying to do and I think he was absolutely brilliant today, to be honest with you. An, an absolute showy performance by the team. I thought he was absolutely brilliant drive, getting on the ball, a confident player. He's only 19, you know, as we say, he's only a young lad, 19 years old, and he's not afraid. Give me the ball, give me the ball. He doesn't care if there's pressure on him. He'll make mistakes, you know, senior, more senior players than him make mistakes. But what I liked about him, he's dropping deep to take the ball. He's not looking to get it in the number 10 role because, you know, he came through the the team, the U teams, he's an attacking midfielder. He's that type of player. He said it earlier as well. A lot of people think he's the replacement for Lallana in the sense that he's a luxury player that you can put in if you are playing against a weaker team. But he's developed the side of his game this season where he wants to control tempo of games and he's learning that and he wants to try and get on the ball deep, make things happen. And I thought today was one of the, if not his best performance for us since coming mm. into the team. 
Well, Ramiz Khalil says uh, a quote from Henderson was, we weren't up to our standards the first 30 minutes and that cost us in the end. Good response from the lads and we need to take that into Wednesday. There's also another quote there from Henderson where he's saying he's finding the Joe Gomez injury hard to take in the manner that it happened. I'd have to read everything he said on that sort of interview he's done or, or the whole text to that because that, to me, sounds like something's gone on in England and he's he's far from happy about how it happened and then you're starting, then the guessing game starts, doesn't it? Was it an impact injury? Who was involved in the impact yeah. injury and, and so, sorts of stuff like that? So, um, that might be something that rears his head over the next couple of days. Um, look, I want to get onto from the super chat earlier was the away form. And Paul, you know, people are putting up there stuff like, you know, our last 13 away games, six draws, four losses, three wins. What is it about away form because, or the away form? You know, people are saying today the crowd is in and that, and that's a justifiable reason because we see Lanfield against Wolves. It makes a massive difference. You know, but what is it? Are, are we trying to be too dominant in these away games and being caught a little bit? And if we're not completely on it when we're trying to be dominant, we can be exposed or should we be a little bit more pragmatic and sit back and see what these teams have and, and try to hit them on the break? Do, do to them what they're trying to do with the Wolves, I suppose. Mm, yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think I think a pattern is performing in performances in general that if we don't come out absolutely firing and we really dominate the first 10 to 15 minutes of games, then you run the risk of getting into a situation that we found ourselves in today and in away games in the past. So th- there's an intensity issue there, I think. I think... I mean, during lockdown conditions, obviously we managed to stay unbeaten at home. And I think th- there is such a psychological strength now in our record at home. So to take that out away from home, that could also be a slight issue sort of psychologically that we don't have the fortress Anfield around us, uh, especially with the fans in from last week. But in terms of... In terms of in terms of what I think about the away form overall, I think some of those performances were after the league were wrapped up. So it's kind of hard to take that into consideration too much. But in general, I, I, I think like home advantage is kind of gone in these times, really. Like they are just like kind of fairly random games of football. And we've just been very consistent and managed to maintain our home form. A lot of teams haven't. Uh, I'm very interested in, in looking at the statistics I was saying to the boys before we, we jumped on about what the results are going to be like now fans are back in. Because I tell you what, watching the Manchester Derby yesterday, you could tell there was a measurable difference in the atmosphere, obviously without having fans in at all, yeah. and the quality the of that game. The yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that that game was more boring than watching somebody watching somebody else watching someone paint yeah. dry. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's, it's going to be interesting because I think the home advantage is going to start coming in because the vast majority of clubs who are allowed to let fans in are just going to let home fans in. So it's actually going to create a really hostile atmosphere. And I actually think we looked a little spooked by that. We've almost become a little too accustomed to playing with absolutely nobody in stadiums. So we've got no one on our backs, nobody calling against us, that kind of thing. So it is going to be an interesting thing to see how it goes going forward. But in general... I just wonder whether the home form, with it being so good, maybe that's actually affecting us away from home a little bit, where we just don't feel as comfortable as we do at Anfield, maybe, I don't know. 
Yeah, Kieran Thorne says, Gav, we have played 5th, 7th, 9th, 10th, 16th and 18th away from home, including three of the top, top six form teams at home. He's not too worried. Uh, I think it's I think it's fair enough to be a little bit worried if if, if it continues. But having said that, you have, you have to look at a bit of a bigger picture here and look to, as I, I've said and loads of people on this show have said, you need to, we need to get through the Christmas period. We need to get into January. We need to get into a transfer window where we may be able to bolster and get players back and then take stock from there. But I, I've said it before, if we, if we were in a sniff of, of the top of the league by the time mid-late January comes, um, fashion seatbelts because I'm going to be a crack last five months of the season. The thing I'd say, Gav, before we move on about the, <coughs> yeah, the away form, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a worry, right? It's a worry. That's fair enough. But we're still top of the league and we're still, you know, through in the Champions League. It is a worry, but I think the intensity we played at before the lockdown for two seasons, you know, it was, every game was a cup final. The you know, draws weren't acceptable. We we knew we had to win games because of Man City. We knew the year we came second, you know, the intensity of that title running and then to follow it on into the next season and basically win the league by, by Christmas. You know, the, the mental toughness and but the mental strain that that would have put on them. Now, there was naturally there was a drop-off. And I just think some of the, you know, we got beaten, uh, what, by City when we came back after winning the league, we, who else? There was other games, you know, when we just maybe weren't at 100%. The intensity isn't there. And I just think it's a weird season and it's a weird situation that maybe we're overthinking the yeah, way no. once we're getting the, mm-hmm. once we're where we need to be and we're, we're there, we're still in, as Gav said, we're still in Rochelle. And once we're still up there come the, the business end, we'll be well in the mix to win this league again. I think you make some great points there, Keith, especially Thanks, about it's, it's all right, mate. Um, especially that's all right. Um, especially about the the intensity and, and 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 sort of how we've played with this intensity and the mental strain it takes its toll. Hmm. For three years we have been absolute monsters of all those aspects that you've mentioned. And and considering sort of the injuries and everything, all the things that we've spoke about we're still in a brilliant position. Now, you're mm. right. The, the bar has been set so high in the last three years that the slightest drop-off seems like such a pain in the arse for us. And we think, oh, my God, this is a, a crisis. And we fucking know it's not. I mean, yeah. the, the season that we're having, the, se- the season that every club's having, I mean, look at this. Look at the, look, just look at the league table. The fact there's, I think, six, six points in the top eight or something, something like that. Um, it's, it's it's a mad season and, and, and you hope that once we get a, a squad that sort of um, uh, some of the players that make our squad sort of a bit more strength and depth um, will we'll come through this um, but yeah I think it's it's probably the best time best season to have a, a slight dip if you know what I mean because there's no one good enough to capitalise and walk away with it and you know as we said in our WhatsApp group this is going to be one of the most exciting races, in my opinion. I seriously don't think I see anyone walking away with it, running away with it. It's all it's, come um, down to look. It, it, mm-hmm. it may do, and, and like you know, the, the point's being made that you know you look at Spores and, and their injury record is good. Chelsea the same. City being a bit on and off. United have had a decent record. Um, 
with regards to injuries, Liverpool have just been decimated. Um, and, and that might be me just being a bit uh, rose-tinted glasses because, you know, I'm only interested in Liverpool, but it's, it's quite clear Liverpool have more injuries than the rest. Yeah. And pivotal injuries, I suppose. That's the key, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it's, for me, it's all about just, you know, when you're being attacked, you know, when you go paintballing, right? This is the best way I can put it to you. You know, when you go paintballing and there's only you and your mate left and there's four of them, you kind of have to just close ranks, hold on for dear life and try to get out of it. Try to get to the next challenge and where, when your mates get back. That's the only way I can put it. Close ranks, see how we get on. Everyone get together and listen, when we come out of the other side of this, we go, right, where do we stand? Player A, B and C is back. Great. Well, we're still in the chance. Let's go for it. And I'm sure uh, the confidence I have in this side because I've watched this side for so many years, one, and two, if they get a sniff of something and, and, and it becomes a bit of a mad season, I think Liverpool are better than mad seasons than anybody, you know, the sort of way. Um, I want to get man of the matches now in a second, um, and anything else just want to talk about. <coughs> but, a couple of things before we go on. I've mentioned Manscaped earlier. Um, please go to manscaped.com. Use LFCDT as your promo code. Get 20% off and free shipping. Um, the lads have all tried it. Love it. And if you have um, any sort of relation to you or friend to you that you think this might benefit in some way, um, absolutely go and look at getting them something from manscaped.com. Yeah. The stuff is really impressive. It's really, really good. And um, look, it's well worth it as a Christmas present. You don't have to leave the gaff. You just go yeah. on to Manscaped press a few buttons and descend it here. It's deadly. No um, balls and their balls will thank you for it. Absolutely. Both <laughs> your balls can meet over Christmas and, and talk about it if you just want. Yeah. It's up to you. Um, Grizz is not happy with that comment. Um, he's not happy one bit. Are you all right, no, Grizz? No, I've checked the time. It's fine. It's after 11. Carry on, as you were. Oh, you called us all jippos last week. <laughs> <laughs> that was tongue-in-cheek, bat, bit of banter, you know. Yeah, well, that was the same it's me and Keith. It's all part and parcel of the LFC day. Because, um, you know, yeah. If you take anything too seriously that we say. Exactly. You know I mean? yeah. Yeah. Um, but second thing is, um, I was telling you that I was, um, you see, I talked to Grizz's wife quite a bit. I just, I, we get on to each other, we make sure Grizz is okay. We talk to each other and go, is he okay? How is he in himself? Stuff like that. But um, it was Grizz's birthday last week and that was where it was, you know, we celebrated it. But the big birthday was this week, wasn't it, Grizz? Because um, Mrs. Grizz, is, it was her birthday this week. Am I right, Grizz? Yeah, it's her birthday every week. Come on. No. <laughs> It's our real birthday this week. There you and, go. What a comment that is by me. And eh? she, she deserves a mention for, for A, putting up with you, and for B, probably putting up with you, me, and the rest of us um, a, a lot of the time. So there you go. Uh, happy birthday, Mrs. Grizz, or Shazza, as she's known to all of us. Last thing before we go, um, or before we get back onto the football, and it is that hashtag at the bottom of your screen right now, and you will see it in the show description. Uh, hashtag Keen Strong. So... I spoke about this on Friday. This is a young lad who currently lives in New York. His mother, his father is a good friend of one of the lads here at the podcast. Um, young Keen was diagnosed with brain cancer at five months old. And he's now just over a year old. Okay. Um, he needs $100,000 for the treatment um, for a brain tumor. And Every, every, all other treatments after that because it's not as straightforward as treating a brain tumour and everybody goes home happy. There's obviously side effects to a five-month-old having a brain tumour. So they're currently at around $74,000. Um, the reaction so far has been brilliant on social media, liking, sharing and, and, and indeed donating. We're going to stick with this till it gets to 100000 If that takes me a week, it takes me a month or a year 
Um, it will continue on this show until it gets to 100,000. Um, we've decided to back this all the way until that young child gets uh, the money that it needs for the treatment that it requires. Okay. So if you go into the show description, you will see the GoFundMe link there. If you go onto our Twitter, you will see our pinned tweet is about Keen. And listen, just share. If you, the minimum to do for us, please, is just to share it. If you can donate, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely donate. But the minimum we ask is just, if you can't donate, that's absolutely fine. But we're not, we're not asking about people's situations or what you have and don't have. That's none of our business. But if you can go on and share that tweet and share it across your social media, we'd be really, really grateful. And and if you can donate anything, any sort of money, any sort of money at all, we would be really grateful for that as well. Okay. Um, what else? What else? What else? We've done the birthdays. We've done, we've done Keen and Keen's the most important thing I say on this show. Um, to be honest with you now, uh, Champions League draw before we get the man of the match, lads. Grizz, I know you don't want to let the go Madrid, but who would you really like? Um, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, anyone, anyone apart from Atletico, and I really mean that, honestly. Obviously, we'd like, I think Borussia Mönchengladbach would be a nice one for us. Um, you know, I don't I don't think they're sort of anything to be sort of worried or fearful about. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto. ¿Viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. No, no, he's, I mean, he's, he's good. He's strong, he's pacey, but, you know, we've got the best centre-back in the world playing for us right there now, you know, for being ill. So, you know, um, you know, someone said Lazio, that's an amazing shout. One of the one of the more slower teams in Europe. You know, very technical, but very slow all around the pitch. Um, Mobile is the kill for God of Fonte, Every player has a, a danger man, Keith, but we've yep. got three or four of them, so we're not worried about the likes of these. But anyone uh, uh, barring Atletico will be nice for me, Gav. Anyone barring Atletico, I think that's that's um I think that's yeah, that's the feeling amongst a lot of people. Keith, are you going along with that? Yeah, look. Give us Atletico, we don't really give a shy. Um we get we get you know, I Grizz, I feel your pain on Atletico and I'm a huge Atletico fan, I'm a huge Simeone fan, and people, you know, without going into the whole, you know, Simeone masterclass when when the sort of scooter passed us uh, last season, he's he's a very tactically sound manager, and he's a, a bastard to get past. If he got if he if they get ahead of you, they're a shy to get past. You know, so yeah, you don't want them in an ideal world. But if you're gonna win, you're gonna have to beat the better teams. And anyway, everyone's saying Porto. It, it wouldn't be a Champions League run without a game against Porto. Would it? So why not give us them boys? Yeah, Porto's a good show, Paul. Anyone you want don't want. I have. I will reiterate my previous statements, which is I want Barcelona so oh, yeah. we can They're absolutely ruin them all we over would. again. And I mean, absolutely finish the job because they have not been the same club from top to bottom since we finished with them a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. So I'd quite like to go and absolutely just finish them off and ruin them and turn them into a small town club. Okay. Yeah, absolute muck at the moment. 
Yeah, they're not in great form. Uh, a few people there are saying that the link in the description is not working. I checked it earlier and it was. But listen, don't worry about it. I'll tell you what to do because Red, Red Steve is asking, Aidan Loringer is asking. There is a good few people in there and I don't want to lose you if you're going to donate to it. So what to do is when this is over, click on the LFC Day Trippers Twitter and go to the pin tweet at the top. That is most certainly working. I've just checked it and I will double check the link that's in the description and change that after the show as well. Um, I don't care who we get. I'll take any of them. Um, that's my attitude now there's, there's no point in trying to the, the way I look at this is right and, and I, I, this isn't even the cans talking the way I look at it is you can't plan this season you can't yeah. ask for anything nice this season because nothing nice is happening so there's no point in, in you know having your little perfect Champions League draw tomorrow at half 11 or whatever time it's on and then it turns out we have to play Barcelona and Real Madrid combined at the same time because that's how it'll work but um, Sevilla wouldn't be bad Lazio wouldn't be bad Barcelona I've no problem with Atletico was the one that you'd kind of want to steer away from but genuinely just any of them because we, you don't know where we're going to be come whenever this starts back and you don't know where they're going to be yeah. either so for me I'll take any of them but I do see where um, people are coming from with Atletico Madrid just because of last season but if we don't have Chris's mate in goal we should be grand that's the way I look at it lads <laughs> as before someone we... said if someone said like it'd be great for City to get Atletico that would be a pig for them <laughs> You know what I yeah. mean? That that's a, a draw I'd love to see. Happen. Yeah, but the 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 sort of now done to get sort of yeah double bus over twenty fives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, definitely. Or El, El Nino FC. Yeah, well, yeah. The, I doubt it. They, they they wouldn't sort of want to play El Nino because I might have to get my coaching jacket back on and that's get it, out yeah. there. They're in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Nice one. Uh, El Nino, of course. Uh, the. The Fatback Four podcast's favourite team, um, formerly managed by Grizz. We have evidence. Man of the match before we go. Um, Grizz, go for it. Curtis Jones. Nice Just literally for that. Yeah, yeah, Curtis Jones, an absolute um, revelation he's been this season. He's, he's, he's become so, so good. I love everything about him, you know, the way he's learning, as Keith was talking about, he's learning this role. He's learning different aspects of this role at such a young age, at such a critical time for, for this team amidst all these injuries and et cetera. You know, he's, he's stepped up to the, to the plate. Love the kid. Mm. Keith. Yeah. Curtis Jones for me as well. Um, I think he's just took the game with a scruff of the neck when we needed someone to deal with today. Now we didn't get the win, but we needed to drag ourselves into that game. And I thought Jones was the one who'd done it. And something like, you know, Curtis Jones is 19 and he's playing probably more regular than any of us thought he would have been. And that's down to the injury situation and this mad season. But sometimes you need a bit of luck or misfortune to get in. If you think of the likes of Harry Kane, Harry Kane had about 15 loans away from Spurs and looked like he wasn't going anywhere. And then gets in because Spurs at the time had no strikers or one striker or something like that he had away for cup run Harry Kane gets in takes takes the, the chance that's given to him and is now classed as one of the best players in the world Curtis Jones is not, I'm not saying he's at that level he's he's, he's got that sort of um, pedigree or profile to be the best player in the world or anything like that but he's he's taking advantage he's making the most of the chance that he's been given and I thought he was sensational today, as far as sensational could be in a shitty one I'll draw for him yeah no worries Paul, who are you going for? Because the other two lads have gone for Curtis Jones, I'm going to go for Allison. 
I think Allison saved us on a number of occasions. And yeah. I think there was one particular save that he made, which was just outrageously world class. I think the whole move got called back for offside in the end, so it was of little consequence. But Allison, in general, is a player that has made me fall in love with goalkeeping all over again and there's been a few times in the past when I've got to Anfield where I've kind of not watched the game almost I've just watched Allison, and he's just a sensational goalkeeper if you want to learn about the modern goalkeeper and how to play that position he he is just an incredible example of that and I believe he's also an incredible outfield player in training as well a lot of the, a lot of lads like James Milner in particular have said his skills on the feet are just unbelievable so I don't think he gets enough of a shout a lot of the time so I'm going to go for Allison. Okay, I'm going to go with you on it. I think I'll make it two two because I think if you're the, I think the fairest thing to do will probably be share if we are given an award out, we're not. But if you are given an award out, I think it'd be it'd be the fairest thing to do would be to share it in a two all draw, which is Grizz's favour. Imagine that Grizz two <laughs> two when we're giving out awards. You like that. Matt Hayes from the Tottenham blog, thanks for the super chat. He says, oh, this makes Wednesday much more interesting. Chelsea's the winner of the weekend for him, in his opinion, because they've had their slip up, slip up without losing ground. Come on, you Spurs. It's a fair point. They have had their slip. I didn't think they looked great. And yeah, I disagree not, because I think a slip is, is bad, you know, and it's a sign that they don't have, and look, teams aren't going to need that ultra-winning mentality that Austin City had over the last couple of years. Mm. But I think Sport and Chelsea especially will drop silly points when they're not expected to. Today, yeah, maybe, for example. maybe so. Um, and maybe more so than us and City and, and one or two others. Um, uh, Matt Hayes, funny you said that now because I'm on with Matt tomorrow night. Um, I'm on his show tomorrow night. I don't know if I'm live or whether he, we're just having a recording and he's going to lash it out. But uh, check out Matt Hayes on the Tottenham blog on YouTube. And I'm sure whether it's live or whether it's recorded, we will... Um, we will have a good time talking about it. Apparently, he has a madman sports fan coming on as well, but bring it on, brother. Um, we yeah. just bring cans and cigarettes. I'd be fucking grand. You don't worry about me. I'm yeah. a big boy. And Keith, at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, you're on, um, what's it called? The Armchair, Armchair Weekly Podcast. podcast. The name has completely slipped me. I will get it. Yeah. But Keith's Armchair on that. Weekly. A sports show or something that is. Is it a sports show? I think so, yeah. I think okay. it's a... I, I think we do f- different teams, but uh, I think it's a Spurs special. I have a feeling that that guy is a United fan. Um, the guy that contacted me. Yeah. But it's the it's the weekly armchair kickoff podcast. Sorry, lads, for getting that wrong. It's just a lot of words in it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> um, listen, Keith will have a good time there at 7 o'clock yeah. tomorrow. Again, I don't know if that's live or recorded, but uh, if you follow the the... Matty Hayes um, Tottenham blog and you follow the um, I'm not losing it again the <laughs> weekly armchair kickoff okay. podcast oh. that'll be going through my head now for the next week uh, if you follow both of them on Twitter and subscribe to them both on YouTube if whenever yeah. it becomes available um, you'll see myself and Keith on there um, Grizz has too many appointments tomorrow so couldn't make it had to knock us back you end up <laughs> with um, you end up with me and Keith is that right Grizz? Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it like that but you know I'll take <laughs> You will when we get off air. Yeah. Um, but don't don't forget to tell the listeners and viewers we got a we got a carnage stroke Spurs preview this week to look out for. That do we? We do indeed. Yes. What day is Dropping that? Bombs all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday. We're looking to set that for Tuesday night. Um, okay. So it should be a cracker. 
Okay, well, what we do is between now and tomorrow night, we will sort our schedule out for the week. We'll sort our hosts, our guests, and all that, and our lineup, and we will let you know as soon as possible. Right, um, Paul, anything else before we go? No, I mean, just to say thanks once again for getting me on. It's uh, It's been great being more of a part of this in the past few weeks. And, uh, you know, you were talking about other podcasts. I'm occasionally uh, to be found on the Football Social Daily podcast with the guys over there, which is a great podcast with stuff yeah, every it day. It's a really good podcast. Mm-hmm. So occasionally do pundit stuff on that. And uh, hopefully you'll be hearing some of my music on some of the live streams for the day trippers soon, considering I've yes. just sent you some tracks. He sent me a file early. I'm going to have a great time with them. Have to run them by Grizz, though. Grizz is head of music at the LFC Day Trippers. After Shawnee resigned because we wouldn't use a Bay City Rollers track, that, that's not yeah. true. But um, you can tell him it is. Uh, Grizz, anything else before we go? No, mate. Thanks. Good. Okay. Thanks for having me, Grizz. Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Same to you, mate. Thanks. Love you. No. <laughs> Nothing else. No, 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 no. We've completely thrown no, no, no. Keith now, Chris. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Paul, <laughs> thanks for having us three on tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, that is the LFC Day Trippers. That is the Fatback 4 podcast. Don't forget that Keen Strong hashtag. Go on to our Twitter. Go to our pinned tweet and you will find the link there. I promise to change <laughs> it to the right one in the show description as well, okay? That's it. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.